Welcome to Christian Assembly, a family church. Since 1930, we've been serving the communities of Western Pennsylvania, Ohio, and West Virginia with the good news of Jesus Christ. With over 40 years of Bible teaching and ministry experience, Pastor Bill brings faith-filled revelation from God's Word. We believe with you, wherever you are, that God will inspire and change your life through the following teaching. For more information about Christian Assembly, follow us on social media or visit our website at cafamily.net. This little mini message here I've entitled Faith and Power. We've been talking about faith, but it's faith and power that enables God to do for us all that he wants. Look in 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 11 and 12. Wherefore also we pray always for you, that our God would count you worthy of this calling, and fulfill all the good pleasure of his goodness, and the work of faith with power. Notice these two forces working together, faith with power. He could have said it this way, the word and the spirit. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And power, where does power come from? You shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come on you. So he fulfills the good pleasure of his will in our lives by the work of faith with power or the word and the spirit that the name of our Lord Jesus Christ may be glorified in us. Hallelujah. And you in him according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. Then look at Luke's Gospel, chapter 24. And behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you. But tarry ye here in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endued with power from on high. And he led them out as far as to Bethany, and he lifted up his hands and blessed them. And it came to pass, while he blessed them, he was parted from them and carried up into heaven. And they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. Forty days had come and gone. He showed himself alive by many infallible proofs. Five hundred people saw him alive at one time. And many other things took place in that 40-day period. Then he said, go in the city of Jerusalem and wait there until you're filled or endued with power from on high, right? So they went to Jerusalem, and in Jerusalem they went into an upper room. Now, well, let's read the verses first. Look at Acts chapter 1. They were not to begin any public ministry until they were endued with power from on high. Jesus taught them about the gospel of the kingdom. He taught them all about the kingdom of God and what it was all about. And even in these 40 days, he did the same thing. But he said, now, even though you're equipped with the word, you know what the word says about some of those things, some things they had, to be, had to be explained by the Spirit. But do not go out into ministry until you are endued with power from heaven or on high. Is what he tells them. So look at these verses. Then returned they unto Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which is from Jerusalem a Sabbath day's journey. And when they were come in, they went up into an upper room where abode both Peter and James and John and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James the son of Alphaeus, and Simon Zelotes, and Judas, the brother of James. These all continued, look, all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brethren. 
This is so important because this is like what took place before Pentecost. This is Pentecost week. You know, Sunday's Pentecost Sunday. And here they were preparing for that day. Pentecost is about, it was right around the corner, 10 days later. And so we have a revelation given to us that they're in this large upper room. This large upper room is someone's either second or third floor. It happens to be at least what we believe to be, anyhow, the home of Mary, the mother of John Mark. John Mark is the one who's the author of the Mark, Mark's gospel. She was also the brother of Barnabas. And so in that large upper room, and actually if you go on YouTube, you can actually get pictures of it. You can actually see a video of it. You know, you think of this upper room like this little section of a room over here. We got a spare bedroom or something like that. No, this is a massive room. This can hold a whole lot more than 120 people. People, they go there all the time. They actually pray there. They actually lay hands on people to get filled with the Holy Ghost even today. They're doing that right now in the upper room. It's massive. It's huge. And so there they are in this large upper room. And notice they're continuing. They're all in one heart, one mind, one accord. You could say it this way, that they were united. They were united in purpose. They were there because they were following hard after God. They wanted to be obedient to the Lord. They want to be there because he said, I made a promise, the Father made a promise, and you'll, be, you'll receive this promise from on high not many days hence. So go there and tarry there or wait there. And that's exactly what they did. So they were united in purpose. They were all there for the same reason. You know, he appeared to more than just 120. But these, they were there because they were united in purpose. They wanted to know exactly what it was. They were serious about following hard after God. And then they were united in prayer. In that upper room, what did they do? They prayed. They studied the scriptures, they worshiped God, they prayed, probably praying for one another, praying for the move of God, praying whatever. We're here, Lord. Here we are. It's like here tonight. We're here, Lord. We're following hard after you. We surrender our hearts to you. We're here and we want you. And there they are in that upper room. And that's what they're declaring. Then they were united in power. And this carries over to the day of Pentecost when the power of God fell and the place was filled with the Spirit of God, with the fire of God, etc., etc. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And then... Not just the power, they were also united in performance. In performance. They all spoke with other tongues. They all glorified God. And then what happens when the Spirit of God falls on them? Something wonderful takes place. But before we get to that, look at some of the things we wrote down here. These 120 are in this upper room, Mary's upper room, pressing into the things of God, the presence of God. They were diligent. They were persistent. They never let up, no matter what was coming against them, no matter what the challenge was. They set their faces to move on with God, move forward in God, no matter what they would encounter. They were passionate. They were excited. They were stirred up about receiving the promise of the Father. They wanted that fulfilled in their lives. They were actively pursuing what God uh, had for them, wanted them to have. And so there they were in that place of prayer, in close contact and connection with God, joining forces together with him to accomplish his purposes in the earth and saying to him, this is why we're here and we're willing to surrender and give up whatever it takes, praise God, to experience this fullness that you have for us. We're not going to step out. We're not going to do anything until we receive the promise of the Father. Then Acts chapter 2, let's read it. So there they are. That's the position that they're in. They're in complete surrender. I'm willing to give up, give up something valuable so that I can have something even more valuable. And that's what, the, that's what their mindset was about. 
And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place, united in purpose, united in prayer, united in power, and united in performance. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. Now notice this. It filled all the house, every crevice. And like I said, go online, go on YouTube and pull it up and you can see a beautiful, beautiful place. Huge arches. I mean, it's just absolutely amazing. If, if this was her house, she was a wealthy woman. We understand that she was a widow and it was a, she was wealthy. This is huge. Okay, and so the whole place is filled where they were sitting. It's this wind blows through. And there appeared to them cloven tongues like as a fire and sat upon each of them. And it almost gives you the picture of this. This place is just ablaze with the Spirit. Every crevice from one end to the other end. And all of a sudden it just breaks out into cloven tongues like as a fire sitting upon each of them. And they were all Filled, all, every single one of them were filled, was filled with the Holy Ghost and spake the word, uh, spake with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So now we have these individuals united together as one and they experience something that is absolutely amazing. This sound is so deafening from heaven like a rushing mighty wind that fills the whole place where they are sitting that it caused a stir. If you think about being near a tornado or something like that, when they say it's like a locomotive that's going by, can you imagine what that sound had to be like to the people that were there in Jerusalem for the day of Pentecost, for the celebration of the Feast of Pentecost? Imagine it. All of a sudden, their attention, they got their attention, God got their attention, and every one of them is filled with the Holy Ghost, and they begin to speak with tongues as the Spirit of God gives them utterance, and now all of a sudden, what do they do? They're empowered. They're equipped, they're enabled by the Spirit. They're giving something that they didn't have before, something they could never have before, something that is supernatural, something that is all-powerful. It is the power of the, and presence of the living God manifesting Himself in these new temples that are cleansed by the blood of the Lamb, and they're so filled to overflowing, it comes out with other tongues as the Spirit of God gives them utterance. And all of a sudden, they take off. Look Acts, first of all, 2, verse 16. What is this? This is that. This is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. This is that. It's the beginning of the fulfillment of this prophecy that he will pour out his spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men have dreams, dream dreams, and so on. Oh, praise God. And then he talks about the signs in the sky, etc., etc. And the whole point is what? So that many would be saved. And what happened? 3,000 got saved. Why? Because this Peter, who cowered in fear for his life, who denied his Savior, who denied that he ever knew Jesus, on this day there is something inside of him that grabs a hold of him, that powers him that creates within him a desire to proclaim from the mountaintops, I know him, I love him, I serve him, I will walk with him, I will do his will. It doesn't matter what you want to do to me. He's alive and he's risen from the dead. Praise God, I'll shout it from the mountaintops. What does he do? He preaches the first gospel message and what a powerful, powerful message it was. 3,000 people 
It's one thing to say 3,000 people got saved in some big crusade somewhere. We're talking in the city of Jerusalem where Jesus was crucified and hated. 3,000 Jewish people give their hearts to the Savior. How about that? You talk about being effective, anointed, empowered by the Spirit, and all of a sudden all these 120 are leaving that place literally on fire for God as the cloven tongues like as a fire, and they go down. Think about it. If it's the third floor, they're going down all these flights of stairs. They're running out into the streets. Peter's proclaiming it from the mountaintops. Mm, Jesus is Lord. Now, this one great act of God, one great act of God that took place on that day, on the day of Pentecost, is responsible for all the spirit-empowered acts that have taken place from that point until today. Same spirit that raised up Jesus from the dead is at work in the earth today. What is he looking for? People that have hungry hearts. People that have a burning desire to have God manifest in their midst. And it doesn't matter if his fire comes down and purges us, then purge us. Cleanse us. Change us. Whatever it takes, praise God, we invite your presence. We invite your spirit. We invite the fire, the refiner's fire. Here we are, Lord. Our longing desire before we leave this realm and enter into glory with you is to impact this world with the life-changing truths of the gospel, to be living epistles of the living Christ everywhere we go. We want it. We're here for it. We surrender our hearts to it. We give ourselves to you and you alone. That's what matters. We don't want modern workings of the things of God at this hour. We want the genuine. We want the reality of what it's all about. That's why we're here on a Wednesday night. We're not here to be entertained unless we're being entertained by the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Unless the Holy Ghost, praise God, is manifesting himself in fiery tongues of fire here upon us. Praise God. What do we want? God. What do we want? Power. What do we want? We want Jesus. And we're willing to sacrifice, surrender, to give up whatever it is to have the fullness of what God wants for us right here in this locality. And as we often said, until people in this entire locality see God's fire on this place. So let's just do it. Let's just do it. Let's unite in purpose. This is what we want. In prayer, this is why we're praying. In power, we're not weak, feeble Christians. We believe in the power of the Holy Ghost, praise God. And performance, let's perform it. Let's enact it. Let's carry it out here in the world today. Amen? Are you game? Are you ready? Let's do it. Praise God. They were there in one accord. They prayed. Oh, Lord, send the fire. Oh, Lord, send the glory. Oh, Lord, fulfill the promise that you made. Hallelujah. We're here for you. We long for you. We desire you and you alone. That's why we're here in this place. Hallelujah. 